WRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and we are wrapping up a trade week that's really had a yo-yo type of feel to it, not only on the livestock side, but even on the the grain side of everything as we take a look at this bigger picture. And obviously, a lot of green on the screen, but why? And what influence are we seeing out there on the trade? We're going to dive into that, and I, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there right, right away. It might be a trigger for some folks, but it's politics, um, a lot of it within this trade factor. Sean Hackett is joining us this week. He is with Hackett Financial Advisors and we got to start out with this yo-yo trade that we've seen because the tone of this week has just been one of a little different. It has and um, I've also seen the the extent of negative of negativity in the markets reach a fevered pitch. I mean just abject darkness um, and usually by the time you get that kind of darkness almost everywhere pretty much everyone who could have sold wanted to sell was contemplating selling has done so and and in my experience through all the decades i've been doing this says that's usually you know a time to be looking for reversals and then you get a day like today where we started down and everything um down in the dollar down in the stocks down commodities and then we have this big reversal i look at things like the Japanese yen, a very important global currency, a massive, massive reversal back up. I mean, you look at the bar on the chart, and and, and that's some serious money that's moving that market around. So I, I just feel you know, we have the Fed meeting on September one and two. We have the elections a week after that. It just seems to me we might be setting up for some change in these dark, negative. Um, psychology that's been bringing capital out of our markets and we may be getting a reversion where we get them to come back in for a while and so I'd be certainly thinking about uh, looking at certain markets that have good fundamental underpinnings that might have gotten pushed too far that could see some some better pricing post you know these events and and, it might offer some some opportunities either for buyers to buy ahead of it or sellers to take advantage of those rallies after their far enough along having said that what are you looking at for the kind of the we need to be watching these especially from a producer perspective with with harvest still underway in so many areas well i mean you know certainly i i, I think that a, a general feeling is that uh we've pretty much priced most of the uh, crop supply situation in from the u.s but we're starting to you know obviously keep a closer eye on the persistent um, dryness that we're seeing in Argentina and southern Brazil, and that if we can, if we see that continue for another 30 days, that's probably going to start to worry the market. Even though Brazil's weather is fantastic, I think that would be enough you know, to bring some weather premium, you know, back in that we that we've kind of lost here. Um, so I definitely be looking at that. Obviously, I don't, you know, the the, the barge traffic and, and the delays in the river, and they're trying to drench it out. And, get flow down and some of the bases in certain areas is, is really, really wide. I, all that eventually gets resolved, but it could create some indigestion, at least on the cash basis side. So if you're you know, a, a producer and you're in one of those areas where the cash basis is blown out, uh, you, know, you might want to think about things like hedge to arrive cash contracts where you can lock in a futures price, but you know, keep the bases open. Because I do, do think at some point the river flows again, those cash bases tighten again, you're going to be able to get a better cash price between the combination of the two. 
So you talked about the dollar doing a bit of a drop. Does that open some opportunities for export possibilities because we've been so much higher than our competitors? It's a psychological thing. You know, if, if, if everyone in the world is thinking that the dollar is topping or has topped and that, the remember, a strong dollar means cheap prices for foreigners. Um, uh, I mean, uh, high prices for foreigners. So if they think uh, that, you know, that's going to change, then you bring a lot of buying back in and you get a lot of that pent up demand that comes back in. And some of the poor export numbers that we've seen, especially in corn and wheat, you know, might start to perk up. So I do think that's very important if we've made a turn. Um, and, and today's reversal was a, a really important turning point for at least some kind of a multi-month decline in the U.S. dollar. We will see U.S. prices become more competitive with the rest of the world. And that will bring better pricing here in the U.S. Should agriculture be worried about this upcoming Fed meeting in early November? Well, I mean, I, I would say I'm always worried about a Fed meeting at a time that they're very aggressive in uh, increasing interest rates and, and uh, lowering liquidity. The last three or four meetings, Susan, have not been kind to agricultural prices um, leading into and out of those meetings. So I would definitely be concerned, but... As we said at the beginning of the show, there's so much negativity already built up and pent up in these prices that we see today that I, I, I might think that we've already traded it and some. So always worry, but I actually might be looking at, like, like we're seeing today, I might actually be looking at a positive reaction for once after seeing three or four negative reactions. That to me would be something that if, I, if we saw that, that could also be a very important turning point that the market is beginning to shift gears on bearish Fed meetings. Which is good because we know that um, when you look at that big picture, especially with the, with the Feds, with the dollar, with export trade, Brazil's only a few months away from having what they are thinking is going to be a bumper bean crop. And that's going to weigh in on what we have here in the States. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we, we have a window, right? We have a window to get stuff out. And, you know, if, you know, when, when Brazil starts harvesting in February and if it's 155 million metric tons and they're selling everything they can, everybody who's interested, you know, we're going to, they're going to shut the door on us pretty quick, um, unless there's weather problems. So I agree with you. We do need, this is a very important time to get that window open, to get that dollar down, to get some business so we can move some product before, um, you know, that happens. And, and we actually are feeling pretty good that they're going to have a, a big crop drop to the best start. And soybeans in terms of plantings and moisturing. All right, we'll stick around. More is coming up. It's the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other... VM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. So on the front half, we were kind of talking about all these different outside market influences that are being worked in. Post-election, November 9th, I mean, obviously not knowing what's going to happen, but can we kind of see maybe a calm come into this ag trade a little bit as we've been building up from a political standpoint? Well, I mean, 
you know, it's not it's not front page news that most Americans are not t- terribly enthralled with the way the inflation and the current trends in the economy are going. Um, and you know, normally historically, the midterm elections do tend most of the time to go to the other party. It's just one of those trends that's been going on for over a hundred years, and so I think the market is is anticipating the potential for at least the House or the Senate to go to the other side um, and, 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 and worst case, have a split Congress, you know, not a Congress that can pass just about anything they want. And I think that's a positive development. If the market feels that government is put in check and that some of the policies that might have been put forth that's led to this, this, some of this inflation, um, some of these uh, negative trends in the economy, I think that will bring some optimism. And I hate to use the term because everyone's so negative right now, but some optimism back in the markets that maybe, you know, we can see some better trends from the government at least uh, going into the presidential election in 2024. So I, I think that could be another catalyst for maybe some shifts in capital flows back into asset markets, back into stocks, um, you know, and out of the U.S. dollar, for, you know, for those reasons, because they will, people will be less worried than they are today and look for less safety than they're seeking today. We do have, obviously, um, a lot of other factors on the livestock side that are factoring in. As folks always know, and I mention this every time you and I talk, it's great to have you on to get your thoughts on, on the, the dairy side of the perspective of what we're seeing in this trade. So for you, what are some of the key factors as we, we look at this week of October? Well, one of the big things for me, and, and I know, you know, I have been friendly the hog market, and I answered your dairy question this way. The hog market, to me, is a sign of what's to come for the dairy market. What I mean by that is we've had this idea that China was developing a pork shortage, which we've seen prices take off there, which led to a hog shortage there. Hog prices have taken off there, and now we're seeing they're coming in for U.S. pork you know, exports up substantially from what they've been. And the hog market's had an unbelievable week this week, just going straight up in, in terms of the, the prices uh because of, you know, one of the reasons being that I believe the same situation is developing for their milk supplies. Uh, the milk price in China is extremely high. We think there's a shortage developing. We think they're going to have to come in and buy some significant in, uh, milk powder from the global marketplace. And that tends to be a driver of all milk derivatives. Um, Z just came out of this CCP meeting in October. He's now been indoctrinated as a forever um, ruler of China, and I think he's now ready to get down to business and taking care of some of these food shortages, which he now has the mandate to do, I think dairy being one of them. So even though the dairy market's been correcting strongly here on worries over the U.S. economy, I think we're probably going to start digging our heels in here and seeing some better prices as we move into the end of the year. We see some of that Chinese buying coming back in like we've just seen in the hog market. So if I'm a dairy producer... I think we're going to get some better prices to sell later in the year. Well, cattle have had a good run this week and obviously seeing some higher numbers, some positioning with a cattle on feed report coming out. What are your thoughts on the cattle movement? Well, we had a significant setback. Um, and so, you know, we, I guess one would argue, you know, from a price chart perspective, we were probably due for some kind of a technical rally. We've seen that. I still worry short term. And I, what I mean by short term is even like the next 30 to 60 days. I still worry short term that we still have ample amount of beef to handle the demand that 
is out there and that the shortage of animal feeding units that is clearly coming probably isn't ready for prime time until we get to the first quarter. So I think the deferred contracts will probably be um, the place to look for that shortage developing um, than the nearby. I think this nearby move is probably getting near its end. And if I'm a, you know, looking to make some cash sales here as a, as a cattle producer, I think this might not be a bad stab to, to get some of those sales on the books, you know, to protect prices from here to the end of the year. And what for the hogs? I mean, uptick as well going on for them. They had another yo-yo type of trade. Well, they had a complete crash a few weeks back. I mean, absolute crash, and now they're going straight up. But we are in the significant overhead resistance on the chart. Um, we've had an unbelievable rally. All right, sounds good. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sean? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Lots of information there to go over what we do, how we do it, and why we do it to see our information could be a value to your listeners. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sean Hackett, joining us as we always remind folks. Commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local.